0: God's laid on his heart he comes representing the Gideons and all that they do and all that uh, they are working towards and getting the the word out there and sharing the gospel with the world we're all in that together right and so he's going to come his name is Don Childers. he's going to come and he's going to let speak to us what God's laid on his heart and we're going to listen amen all right Don come on up here
1: God bless you. I will indeed. Good morning. Wow. I love this church. I love it when I walk in the front door. You got a, that same thing uh, problem with you brothers with me too because I tell you when the Lord saved my soul I told him to break me in two and he did. I told him to break me Saved me from myself mainly. And he did. So now when I come and I'm a representative of the most high Jesus Christ. I'm broken in two. I'm broken in two when I bow my head over a twinkie. He breaks me in two when I come to him. I tell you, joke and preach the gospel in Sunday school. I've been here twice, and I tell you what—I come out blessed. I, I, uh, I ain't never seen a man so on fire for God as he is. I mean, he told us this morning he was. So, <laughs> be honest with you, I'm afraid. Of so I'm, I don't say anything. I just sit in there and amen whenever he shakes his head. What a blessing. Who was here last year when I was here? Oh. Do you remember the little Zacchaeus man I was talking about when the fella threw the Bible and hit him on the head? Do you remember that? I got to tell you, I'm in a, what's this? This is 38 Sundays since then that we've been in a church in a, behind a pulpit. I was telling a, a group of people about the little Zacchaeus man and how the, the Bible was thrown, and he was from a town called Port Alegre, Brazil. And this couple, young couple, came up after church and said, we're missionaries, and guess where we're going? I said, where? They said, to Port Alegre, Brazil. And I said, "Well, will you do me a th- His name was, um, wouldn't you know it, that's my wife, <laughs> Luis Alvarado. And I said, would you do me a favor? When you get there, would you look him up? Because, you know, he got down on his knees right in that busy uh, uh, college campus. He was about to commit suicide, and, and he gave his heart to Christ because he got hit on the head with a Bible and they said you know what we'll do we will do that Luis Alvarado and that so they're now going down to Brazil and they're gonna report back to me and I hope next year when I come I can report back to you what has happened to that wee little man now enough of that I didn't mean to get all off on that subject who has seen this Everybody that's ever checked into a hotel or motel has seen a Gideon Bible. You know, I used to check into hotels years ago before the Lord saved me, and I'd turn it over. I, didn't, I, didn't, I really didn't care about seeing it in there. But I always wondered how many people really read these books that we so diligently place in those hotel rooms. I wonder if they're really read. Do people or lives really change? And I know from the stories that we hear every week in our Gideon meetings that they do, but a little over a year ago, it was on all the news. It was in, on the news stations, and it was in the newspapers, the headlines, if you were in the Dallas area, about a young 21-year-old girl named Leah. Leah was a nursing assistant at a hospital there in North Dallas and she was leaving late one evening from work like she normally does and she needed a couple of items at the grocery store but she didn't want to take much time to stop but she stopped in a little Indian mart on the way home. It would only take a couple of minutes to do what she needed and she pulled in. It wasn't the very best part of town by any means. Walked in, got her items on the way out. The parking lot wasn't really lit. And as she was walking through a car, she could see a shadow. And the faster she walked, the faster the shadow, she knew this was not going to be good. And it wasn't. Little Leah Small was no match for this strong, burly man. As his arm went around her neck and started dragging her across the parking lot, Leah dropped the little bag she had, four items hit the ground. To hear it, or to her. I hope I didn't forget to mention that Leah was on fire for Christ, Joe. She loved the Lord in every way. And as that man drug her across the parking lot in that. She cried out for God's protection. She knew she couldn't do it on her own. But she had to focus, she said, on the scripture. And God's promise of protection. And when he drug her up under the the stairwell, she looked up. And there were four more men standing there. Fear is from the devil, she said. i got to think rationally. Then it came to her, just that quick. The Gideons always place these Bibles in hotel rooms. They always do. She said, please God, let there be one there. Let there be one. And when they opened the door, she could see that the room wasn't just four. It was full of men. They threw her across the bed and she landed in between the two beds there where the the little table was and the lampstand and it fell over on her. She reached desperately and out it came. There it was. And like she's done before, she opens right dead in the middle. She, She knew what was there. Look, Psalms 59. And she hollered, Deliver me from my enemies. Oh, God, defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men by that time these men started arguing amongst each other one said get that Bible away from her and the more fear she heard in their voices the bolder she got she said scatter them by by the power bring them down O Lord Consume them in wrath. Consume them. They must must be under that table and lamp, between those beds. The arguing stopped. She couldn't. There was. There was no more arguing. No more noise. She got up on her knees and looked. Was silent. there was nobody in there she got up on her feet the door was open she went to the door still clutching out the window looked and the parking lot was empty she holding the Testament, she went over and she dialed 911. It wasn't but a few minutes. The police came because they'd been there before. It wasn't the first time. They started checking. They found fingerprints of 12 men in that room. They went into the bathroom and there was duct tape, a large blue tarp, and a shovel. Their plan was brutal, but God's plan provided Leah with a shield. (laughs) Leah later said, I quote, If that Bible had not been in that room, I definitely would have died that night. The devil did not get victory. Instead, God performed a miracle in her life and if I was in a Baptist church right there is where I'd say amen yeah. huh tell you God is our protector so my question was do, re- do people really read these Gideon Bibles I can 100% surely tell you that on June the 6th, 2018 clutching a Bible just like this one Leah cried out to God God came in and took on 12 despicable vile men in a hotel room in Dallas, Texas. And that's where I'd say amen again if that was me. God took them on, and God defeated them. Little Leah. And what did it take to place a Bible like this in a hotel room? It took a Local Bible-believing church just like this one, see? And five bucks to save a young girl's life. Like I told you before, the Gideons, we're we're just normal, kind of normal people, brother. We're business and professional men. We're members of a local church just like this one. with one purpose, one agenda. That's to lead boys and girls and men and women to Jesus Christ. I get up in the morning, that's all I think about. That's all I think about. What else is important? There's nothing in the world that we can take with us except someone 120 years ago this ministry started. Two men. And today there's 174,000 of us all around the world. There's 98,000 beautiful women like my wife. We learn quickly. We get the women involved, we get the work done. That was a no-brainer. We place these in over 200 countries. So in 200 countries... There are thousands of people like me that go and witness and distribute God's word in over a hundred languages. So whenever they open it up, it's in their own native tongue, see. I told you last time, it was the first time I did it, it was in this church, to put your hand on your heart and you'd feel... And every time you heard it beat, a Gideon would hand out two of these. Two. Every heartbeat. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. 365 days a year. Two. 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 We keep right on. You know, we're in, I mentioned motels and hotels. We're in, we, we, we put these in doctor's offices and places, you know, where people go on a regular basis, police and military. I just found out, and I didn't, I wasn't to tell you, but I want to tell you today that December the 7th, coming up, 1941, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, they sunk a ship there by the name of the USS Arizona. It's still there. It's a museum, as a matter of fact and see at any time they pulled a 100 men out of that ship that Sunday 100 of them had a Gideon New Testament in their pocket 100. and on the back where it says I've received Christ all all 100 had signed their name I have received Christ Savior, do you think that that Sunday morning they expected the Japanese to come in? and They were ready. 100. We still do that today. Early in the morning we have men that stand in the cold and the heat and the rain and whatever it is and we hand them to every service person that's deployed. They get one to take with them. In one school. We like to get to the schools in the fifth grade. Yeah, do you notice how the world loves for the Gideons to go and the pastors to go into the prison to prison? Come on in. I got thinking, and I'm the sharpest knife in the drawer, I can tell you that. Why don't we do it before they get there? We were the fifth grade down in South America. And when I when I think of this, this testimony here, I, I, it, I automatically picture Andy Griffith. Now, I love Opie walking down that dirt road with a fishing pole. You, can you picture that in your mind? Yeah. It's just beautiful. This is what I picture this girl. Her name was Maria Sanchez. And she's walking home from school, it's a dirt road, barefooted big smile on her face because something really great happened that morning. When she was at school, the Gideons came and they gave her a New Testament. That's not the great part. The great part is they told her about Jesus Christ. And she received Christ as her Savior and on the back she had written her name that morning. And she was so happy. She was whistling, coming down the road. She couldn't wait to get home because she wanted to share it with her dad about Jesus. And she got home before him and she was sitting on her bed reading through the Little Testament and her dad came in. He he worked at the mines there. And he came in and he said, Maria, what are you reading? He says, oh, dad, look. The Gideons came today. They gave me a a testament. Look, it's about Jesus. And right in the middle of her sentence, he said, it's fairy tales. That book is full of lies. We have no room in our house for it. It'll break your heart. Get rid of it. And little Maria, with her head bowed and her heart broken, put it in her drawer, in her dresser. She fell down on her bed asleep and fell asleep in a little puddle of tears and heartbroken. But the next morning she woke up early. She reached in a drawer and she pulled out the little testament and she started reading again. Little she know her dad was up early too and he surprised her and walked in the room and he walked over to her and he snatched it out of her hand and he said, I told you this is a book of lies. He put it in, he put it in his pocket and off to work he went. Maria was heartbroken when she got to school. She couldn't couldn't study. She couldn't keep her mind on what she was doing. And all she could ask herself was, why could Dad not love Jesus? Why could he not love Jesus? And as she sat there trying to get into her schoolwork, all of a sudden, the sound that nobody wanted to hear came out across the little town a tremendously loud siren and it echoed a sound that brought trembling and fear into every human heart the siren meant death and it meant sorrow to so many people before the mine had collapsed. As everyone rushed from their homes and their businesses to the outskirts of town, little Maria was among them. And when she got there, the rescuers were frantically digging, trying to get to those miners. The news came quickly. They were way too deep. Seventeen men trapped below, and Maria's daddy was one of them. That long night gave way to early morning, then morning to the second day, and the second to the third, to the fourth. There was no hope. There was not enough air to last that long. And on the fifth day, the body bags began to surface, one at a time. The last one was Maria's dad. At the funeral, the entire town was there and to support Maria and the other families of the victims. And this nice gentleman walked up to Maria and handed her a little wooden box. Maria opened the box and began crying she reached in it and pulled out the little testament that her dad had snatched out of her hand just a few just a few days earlier and inside the front cover was written my dear Maria God is real And fighting back the tears, Maria opened it to the back where she had written her little name. And 17 individual minors had written their name that they had received Christ as their Savior. Including her dad. I once read an article. It said angels really exist. I believe with all my heart that on that tragic day, trapped a mile below the surface of the earth, 17 men came face to face with an angel of God and he introduced those miners to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other explanation how 17 men had written their name. yes, we have received Christ as our Savior. We firmly believe in Isaiah 55:11. my word shall not return unto me void but will accomplish will accomplish it will accomplish that which the purpose of, from which for which I sent it and that's what happened 17 people saved at a cost of a dollar and 25 cents And a little girl's broken heart. Ah. Why do we do what we do? I tell you, I love being a Gideon. I love it, Joe. I love being bold. I love being different. It's what you talked about this morning. Psalm says, Then I said, Here I am, I've come. I desire to do your will, oh my God. And what is your will? That we go into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Everyone. It's not an option. It's a command. So I come here again. I'm glad to be in partnership with you folks. The church provides... A prayer and the funds and we will go on your behalf. I can't ask you to run down to South America tomorrow and go into a fifth grade school we'll do it for you and every scripture and every salvation story is the result of the generosity of people just like you we're like that energizer bunny we just keep going and going and going going and I praise God that we keep going we keep going because that's what he's called us to do and I pray that we'll keep going until he calls us home or comes back and gets us and I don't think that's too far away and I'm through and I want to tell you this if you will do what I say at every single church there's three things pray for us one most important thing pray for the Gideons as we go out into the world pray that the doors like this one will stay open that you've got a pastor that loves missions and wants you to hear what's going on outside of the community and inside the community i am glad to tell you that just three weeks ago we were at Lenore Ryan College there's four young College students that will not go to hell because of Gideon had enough gumption to pull him off the street and say, look, I want to show you something. It's so simple. It's easy to do. Secondly, we need all of you men in here young. We need all of you. Join forces with us. Go out. We'll. If you don't know how to witness, we'll show you easy just open your mouth let God do it it's it's his business and thirdly we need uh, we need for you to help us financially every penny every nickel every all the money that we ever get from the Gideons always have and always will go 100% to this We never get a nickel. Nobody gets paid into Gideons. Nobody has ever gotten paid a nickel. It all goes to this and shipping these Bible. And I'm glad to tell you that last year, last year when I came in here, that we, when I left, the Gideons packed up in your name 200. And 56 Bibles that went into the hands of somebody that needed Jesus Christ. I'll applaud you. Thank you very much. We love this church. Yesterday morning, 170,000 people. Yesterday morning, five a.m., the Gideons around the world prayed for this church. They knew I was going to be here. If you were awake at 705, I'd love to know how many members have just started tingling like they got a hold of of an electric wire. It's the power of God. We pray for our churches. We pray for your success. And we pray that you continue bringing us on and supporting us the way you have. God bless every one of you. I love you. I love being here. I feel the spirit of God here and the love in this place. And, Pastor, what a joy. And you're different, too. You're different. God bless you. Amen. brother.
0: All right, it takes me a few minutes to get up here. Uh, these are stories we need to hear. Amen. These are these are our victory stories. Uh, these are stories that should overshadow all the other stuff that we're hearing about going on in the world today. Um, that's what the power of God and the power of God's Word can do. It can save. It saves. Uh, our God saves. And to hear these stories of individuals getting hold of a bible and getting so excited first of all to have a bible. <laughs> How many of us get excited when we get up on Sunday morning maybe it's the first time we've touched it all week and pick it up and and bring it to church with us. Um I'm not here I'm not here to throw condemnation on you uh, because now we can read our bibles on our phones. Uh so praise God for that another reason to get excited. But these are these are great stories they, they pull, you, pull at your heartstrings, uh, and you know they're real because you know that these are the things that our God does. these are the kind of things that our God can do. amen and I love what you said you know we we need to go out and tell the world who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and I don't know sometimes you feel like we should really leave that up to the professionals, like the pastors and because if you just give it to just any old uh, person to go out there and do, they're going to mess it up, aren't they? You ever feel that way? Well, sometimes I do. And when I do, I remember a uh, story of a guy named Gideon in the Bible. Y'all know who that is, right? Gideon, uh, he lived in a time where there were some bullies, and they were called the Midianites, and they were mean, and they came in, and they took what the Israelites had, and they killed they killed them, and they killed their animals, and they took their stuff. And they were big, bad bullies. And, and one day, Gideon was out there, you know, working in the fields. And what he was able to take from the fields, he would go hide it away so the Midianites couldn't get it. So this guy was a smart and thinking guy, wasn't he? He was thinking ahead. He must have been pretty amazing, too, because God sent an angel to tell him, Hey, I want you to go and take care of those Midianites. So he had to be amazing. He had to be above par. He had to be more than just the average person because surely God wouldn't call just anybody to, take a, to, to do something for him, to do something amazing for him. And, you know, Gideon, Gideon said, hey, wait a minute, my, my family's the poorest, and I'm, I'm the least of these. And then you think, well, wait a minute, how outstanding could he be if he doesn't have any money and he's smaller and less significant than anybody else? Maybe he is just an everyday person. And still yet, he said, how can I do this? And God said, I will be with you. And that should have sealed the deal right there. That's That's a deal sealer right there, isn't it? And so he was able to take care of the Midianites, a whole army with just 300 people, took care of them, bam, did exactly what God asked him to do because God asked him to do it, and God gave him what he needed to do to get it done. And, well, surely this is an isolated incident because, you know, everybody else in the Bible that God used was just an outstanding person. I mean, take a look at, take a look at uh, I don't know, Mary. Wait a minute. She was just a kid, right? Mary was just a kid. What about Joseph? Oh, he was just a carpenter. And Moses, he couldn't even speak in front of people. And I guess the first people that were able to spread the good news were a bunch of smelly shepherds. So I guess what I'm seeing here is throughout the entire Word of God, He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And it's not about who we are and all that we have and how attractive we are and what great speakers we are and how smart we are, but it's how awesome and how great He is and what He can do through us if we're willing and if we are available. So the good news is he's going to be with us to do what he calls us to do. The bad news is it takes away any excuse we've got not to do it. And so all he asks us to do, he goes, I want you to go and I want you to share my story. And it's a beautiful story. And it's a simple story. And you can tell it with me. You know, God created this world. And on this world, he placed a man and a woman, Adam and Eve. And one day, Adam and Eve did something God told them not to do, and that's called sin. And because of what they did, man was forever separated from God on this earth and after, after death. And God said, hmm, this is just not going to do. So God sent his son, Jesus, to be born as a baby, to live his life, to live a perfect, sinless life, and then to lay down his life on a cross to pay for our sin. And it was so acceptable to God, what Jesus did, that one of the things God did is he rose Jesus up from the dead. And he says, if you'll believe in my son and what he has done, if you will trust in him for your salvation and for your forgiveness, and if you'll believe that I've raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a simple story. You can add to it what you want to, to embellish it, make it true, make it real. But it's a simple story. And everybody in here can tell a story. We got a lot of fishermen in here. They can tell a story. But you know what? Who were the disciples? Fishermen. And an H and R block guy, a tax collector. God uses anybody. So our privilege is that He will use us. And He will use us in mighty ways. That we would never imagine. See, he has already prepared good works for us to do. They're already there for us. We just get up in the morning and say, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. That's what these men have done. These Gideons that have, have taken it upon themselves to go and, and teach in churches and preach in churches around the world. To to let us know what what the Word of God is doing. That we don't always get to hear about because it's not on... CNN or Channel 3 News. But this is the kind of news I like to hear. I can listen to it all day long. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to commit to continue to pray for them. And we also want to take up an offering here before we leave. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up. and We're going to sing a song. I'm going to ask our uh, ushers to get ready uh, to take up an offering. But before we do, as, as everybody's kind of getting in place and getting ready, I want us to bow our heads. Just a minute. I want you to close your eyes. Maybe this morning someone has been moved to the point where they're ready to say, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive Christ. I'm ready to be saved. I hear these stories about people and and how God is changing them, how God is saving them. I want that for myself. And there might be an individual here today that's ready to take that step forward and say, I'm ready to be saved. And if that is you and if you would you would feel like that's something you need to do, I don't ever do this. But would you raise your hand with you know nobody's looking around? And what this does, this helps me. It doesn't help me to know who to run to right after service so I can tackle you and hold you down until something happens. It it shows me that I need to pray for you and I want you to know that that we're in this together. But is there one here today, young, old, somewhere in the middle, that would say, hey, that's me. I believe I need to be saved. Would you just raise your hand up and bring it back down? All right, then what I can conclude is that everybody in here is either saved or they're just not quite ready to raise their hand and acknowledge that yet. So I still know how to pray. I still know how to pray. God's Word goes out and accomplishes what it sets out to do. That's the power of the Word of God. That's the power of our God. And our God saves. This we know. Father, I pray that you would be with this offering that we're getting ready to receive. I pray it will be what is in exactly what is needed uh, to take care of whatever need it is that you want to take care of with it. Help us to be joyful givers. Help us to uh, be an encouragement to Don and his wife and this organization. Um, Father, we thank you for all that, that we have been encouraged by this morning. We love you, and we thank you for how you love us. Bless this offering. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.